Shalom. In our discussions of Shemitah's inner message, we have been discussing the description of the Torah in Parshat Mishpatim about the mitzvah of Shemitah. Parshat Mishpatim is the first time that Shemitah appears in the Torah in an explicit form. And there, as we noted, Shemitah appears alongside the mitzvah of Shabbat. Shabbat is described in those psukim as Sheshi Amim Tasem Asecha Uvayom Ashvi Tishpot Liman Yanuach Shorchava Chamorecha Vinafesh Benamatchavagir. For six days you shall work and do what you need to do. On the seventh day you shall rest, and then reasonings are given. Liman Yanuach, in order that there be rest. Who? Your sure and your chamur. Your animals be able to have physical rest. Vinafesh, and be sold. Ben the weaker individuals of society, the stranger and the son of the maidservant. In that parsha, we noted that the Al Shikh explains that this description of Yinafesh is actually a description of the Nishamayitera, that added expanded soul that appears on Shabbat of the week, as well as he explains on Shabbat of the years as well, during Shabbat Ha'art. It is that expanded soul that allows, as we explained, for a merger of both the physical and the spiritual elements of man's existence. Where man, the being, who is yet a nefesh chaya, a living being like other animal life in the world, who is also possesses a neshama yitera and a ruach. He possesses special aspects of his personality, an intellect and an emotional state, which are directly brought upon from God. When man was created, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not leave him merely as someone created from the dust of the earth like animal life, but he provided him with an expanded existence, with a neshama, a ruach, and a nefesh, a high intellect, a special heart, and a bodily existence which is different from the animals. It is this which comes to life through the Neshama Yitera in Shemitah and Shabbat art. Before we return to exactly what that means, let's look at the beginning of Parshat Mishpatim, where Parshat Mishpatim provides our first glimpse as to what the mitzvah of Shemitah is all about. And interestingly enough, the glimpse that it provides is fairly different than other Parshat in the Torah which describe the mitzvah of Shemitah. So let's take a look at the psukim themselves. It's important to note that this description in Parshat Mishpatim is found in the Torah amongst the various laws that appear in Parshat Mishpatim. Parshat Mishpatim appears in the Torah after the description of the Aserd Hadibrod in Parshat Yitro, after the description of Ma'amad Har Sinai, that tremendous cataclysmic event where HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'chvodu where God Himself appears to the Jewish people, speaks to them, and his message is continued by Moshe Rabbeinu when it's too much for the people to hear from God himself. Afterwards, we have an entire parsha of Parshat Mishpatim. Parshat Mishpatim appears before the conclusion of the description of these events on Har Sinai that appears in Parshat Kitisa. At the end of Parshat Mishpatim, and then is described later in Parshat Kitisa. Why would Parshat Mishpatim be here in this place? One thing which is important to note is that Parshat Mishpatim deals primarily with mitzvot ben Adam l'chaviru. It primarily deals with mitzvot that are part of the system of justice that HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided. And the Mepharshim point out already in the Midrashim that Parshat Mishpatim begins ve'ela ha-mishpatim vav mosif alinyan rishon vav the and and these are the mishpatim, these are the statutes, is a description of the fact that Parsha Mishpatim is a direct outgrowth 
of the message of the Torah which was given on Har Sinai. It's a direct outgrowth of the understanding that the Torah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided is not only a description of ritual laws, but is a description of mitzvot ben Adam l'chaviro as well. The Ramban over there in his comments at the beginning of Parsh Mishpatim describes how kol ha-Torah kula tluya v'mishpat, the sense of mishpat, of justice, is an essential element of the Torah to the point that one could even describe it as the pinnacle of Torah existence. And therefore, Parsh Mishpatim with its various laws where one might have thought for a moment that these are merely laws of how society can deal with others, <coughs> how to make peace amongst neighbors, Nothing really religious about it. The Torah tells us clearly otherwise. These are the Mishpatim. And these are the Mishpatim. And connecting this to Harsinai, this is part of the message of what a godly existence is all about. It involves not only mitzvot ben Adam lemakom, but as the Aserda Dibrot themselves were divided into two, with mitzvot ben Adam lemakom on one side, ritual mitzvot, and mitzvot ben Adam lechavero on the other, mitzvot of interpersonal relations, the Torah itself provides for a complete existence of spirituality, both through one's relationship with God and with the way one te- treats other people. And therefore, on this backdrop, it is not at all surprising to find the mitzvah of Shemitah the way it is described in Parsha Mishpatim. Because as we'll note in a moment, the Shemitah of Parsha Mishpatim focuses not on man's obligations to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as much as man's being able to provide through the Shemitah year for other individuals. And therefore this Perak, Perak Chav Gimel, which we have already noted, is very similar to the Perak which appears in Parshat Kitisa, the second time, according to Rabbi Akiva, that Shemitah appears in the Torah. Here there's a description of the Brit, the covenant that is made between Hashem and the Jewish people, which involves a series of mitzvot. Among those mitzvot is the mitzvah Shemitah. It says over here in Perak Chav Gimel, Pasuk Yud, after describing the way in which a ger, a stranger or a convert is supposed to be treated, the Torah says as follows, The Torah is if to declare a requirement, a mitzvah, a directive. For six years you must plant your land. And you shall also gather in your produce. One question which we have to ask is, what does this Pasuk mean? I would think that a person can work for six years. He has the right to gather in his produce. Why does the Torah appear to be presenting a requirement, an obligation? Man must go out and plant. Man must go out and gather in his produce. In the next Pasuk, Pasuk Yedalef is the description of what Shemitah is seemingly all about. Vashvi'it. But in the seventh year following those six, Tishmitena unitashta. Two fundamentally important words, which we'll note in a moment, a very important difference of opinion that appears in the commentators as to how to understand them exactly. But the Torah continues after Tishmetenu Nitashta, the result will be that you won't be eating your fruit, but the poor of your nation will be able to eat the food. The Yitram and the leftovers, Tochal Chayat HaSadeh, will be eaten by the animals of the field. Not even your own personal animals, but the wild animals which go about. And this should not only be in your field where you grow wheat, but also in your kerem, in your vineyard, and also in your olive groves. Then the next pasuk, as we've noted before, 
is seemingly a description of the mitzvah of Shabbat. Sheshit yamim ta'asem ha'secha. But we pointed out from the Al-Sheikh, in his understanding, it's not only a description of Shabbat of the week, but of Shabbat Bereshit as well. Leman yanuach shorchava ha'chamorecha. There is a added incentive, and even an added purpose in this day of Leman yanuach, that there be rest. But the physical rest is primarily important for the animals. This spiritual rest, is important for people. This neshama yitera and the purpose that's supposed to come out of Shvi. But let's go back to these psukim that we just saw. And let's try to understand both the context of the mitzvah of Shemitah, the way it is presented here, as well as what is Shemitah all about, based upon these psukim. First, in terms of the context. The Rechaim HaKadosh points out that the previous pasuk describes the way to treat a stranger, a ger. And here he says as follows, Samach mitzvah zu lomar, amu tam gerut. The reason why this mitzvah Shemitah appears immediately after the description of how one is to treat the stranger and the convert is because if a person wants to ensure that he remains on his land and we are not kicked out of the land of Israel, a person has to uphold the mitzvah Shemitah. This idea appears as well in Parshat Bahar, where the simple understanding of the Torah is that the reason for the terrible tochacha, the terrible divine retribution, which is described there, is because az The fact that the Jewish people did not properly observe the mitzvah of Shemitah. Essentially what the Or HaChaim HaKadosh seems to be stating is that the Torah begins its description here by bridging it with the previous mitzvah of how to treat a ger to recognize the importance of Shemitah. Shemitah is an important mitzvah and should be understood based upon that background. In fact, the Torah Tamima notes from the Mechilta, If a person wants to do, have a Shemitah, a year where things do not grow, only once every seven years, so then they must follow and fulfill the will of God. Because if we don't fulfill the will of God, Shemitah will not be once every seven years, but Shemitah in fact will be every single year. In the fact that Eretz Yisrael will not grow and the Jews will not be in charge of Eretz Yisrael in order to enable it to grow. With this in mind, the Alshich's description here takes on a new meaning. The Alshich points out that at first glance we might think that Shemitah is pretty radical. After all, for one year, one out of seven, we're not able to plant our crops. But the Alshich notes that if you look at the way in which fields grew in the past, the opposite was true. The opposite was true in the sense that they used to have cultivation only every other year. They would plant for a year and then cease planting for the next year. And therefore, when it says in the Torah, tizra it is not only a directive, but it's a bracha. For six years you will be able to plant and there will be sufficient nutrients in order for things to grow as they should grow. And in fact, in the sixth year, as the Torah will describe in Parshat Bahar, not only will there be growth, even though, as you would think, the field is at the end of its nutrients, but it will provide enough for three years of growth. I will provide a bracha, I will command a bracha onto the produce, that more should grow than normally grows. And therefore, Sheishanim Tizrat Artsecha is a description, not of a painful mitzvah, but rather the description of the joy 
of recognizing that even our planting in Eretz Yisrael during the six years is a bracha from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We do not need to wait every other year in order to plant. We can plant for six years straight. The crazy idea of Shemitah is not leaving the land fallow for seven years. The crazy and wild and innovative idea of Shemitah, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, is that the entire population will do it on the same year. Because when you have selective cultivation, when you cultivate every other year, you ensure that you have some fields which are growing on year one and others which are growing on year two. Some which you grow again on year three and others on the second set which you grow on year four. But during the Shemitah year for seven, for six years, you plant everything. You don't worry. Because HaKadosh Baruch who promises there will be enough nutrients and Vasafta Tuata. You will have a successful crop and you will have what to gather. However, in the seventh year, nobody will be planting. That idea that nobody will plant in the seventh year is a further description of the recognition that who really provides for us and that which grows in the field is really HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because no other way could we understand how it could be. One might even add that connecting and juxtaposing this mitzvah of Shemitah to that of a ger is because one of the messages of Shemitah, as we'll see in a moment, is the fact that we are, to a certain degree, strangers on our own property. That which we think is ours, is not really ours. We have a modicum of ownership, we have possession over it. But in fact, Kili Ha'aretz, the world as a whole, and specifically the land of, of Eretz Yisrael, belongs to HaKadosh Baruch. And that brings us to two other understandings of this idea of Sheshet, on the one hand, the Rashbam says, The purpose of Apostle is to recognize that for six years you do have the right to act as the owner and the possessor of your field. You do have the right to act as if the field is yours. And to declare that which grows on my field, I have the right to take into my house. I do not have to leave for the poor besides the various agricultural mitzvot which are so characteristic of the system of chesed that exists in one who grows in Eretz Yisrael. However, the Datsakanim takes this idea one step further. And he seems to be midayik, <clears throat> based upon the Mechilta which he quotes, that specifically, For six years you shall plant your land. The mitzvah of Shemitah, if you look very simply in Parshat Mishpatim, makes no direct mention of the fact that it's restricted to Eretz Yisrael. And we're going to present an idea based upon that rather soon. However, <clears throat> part of the message says, the Dat Zekenin is, Sheishanim Tizrat Artsecha. Realize that you have one land. Realize that the place that you should be planting and the place that you should be building up is specifically Eretz Yisrael. It's that place where every bit of planting is a mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. It's that place where so many nations might want to make our life difficult. But because of the recognition that otherwise, when we come to the land of Israel and we allow it to plant, we allow to bring forth the message which appears in the first Rashi in the Torah, Koach Ma'asav Higid Nachlat Goyim, where Rashi quotes the Pasuk, that our Handling in Eretz Yisrael is direct gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu and is one of the fundamental messages of the Torah. It is on this backdrop that 
the Dats, the Kenyan Bali Atoso says, the mitzvah is for six years to plant Eretz Yisrael, to build up Eretz Yisrael, and to be Makayim the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. Interestingly enough, he presents a reason. Venira Lar of Moshe, Dafka Eretz Yisrael, Kidei Laharbod Hafrashat Remotu Masro. That it appears, he says, according to this Rev Moshe, that the reason is specifically in Eretz Yisrael because then there will be more Trumotu Masro. However, one might go one step further than the Dad's Akemi Baliatos. The reason to plant more in Eretz Yisrael is not only to have more Trumotu Masro, but because everything which grows in the land of Israel is itself Kadosh. Everything which grows in the land of Israel, even the parts of the fruit which are not set aside as Trumotu Masro, are represented of, of the special Kedusha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu enhances all of life and all of the produce that comes from Eretz Yisrael. This is the first part of the description of Shemitah and Parsha Mishpatim. The first part is, Sheishanim Tizrat Artzecha. There is a mitzvah to plant in Eretz Yisrael for six years. The recognition, as the al says, of that miraculous existence where the land will have enough nutrients for planting for six years. But on the seventh year, as the next Pasuk says, Tishmitena Unitashto. Here is the major mitzvah of Shemitah, which provides for a very extensive difference of opinion in the Mepharshim as to what exactly the mitzvah entails. As we noted at the beginning of our shiur, the, the concept of Shemitah, release, is possibly not the fundamental element of what the Shemitah year is all about. After all, if you look at the description of Shemitah, the most lengthy description which appears in the Torah and Parsha Bahar, there is absolutely no mention of the root of Shemitah at all. There the Torah refers to the seventh year as Shabbat Ha'aretz, the Sabbath of the land. And it is that description that has become a major part of our series, understanding how the beauty of the Shabbat that we experience during the week comes to life and to a certain degree, possibly in an even renewed way, during the Shabbat Ha'aretz year, during the Shemitah year itself. There is only one place in the Torah where it might seem, as an explicit manner, that there is some requirement of Shemitah during the seventh year itself. And that is this mitzvah of Tishmeten. Otherwise, Shemitah primarily refers in Parshat Re'eh to a description of Shemitah Ksafim. <laughs> Shemitah Ksafim, a reference to the cancellation of loans at the end of the seventh year. One other place in the Torah, in its description of Hakel, <clears throat> it describes the Shnat HaShemitah. And therefore, it's possible that that's the reason, the source of the mention of the entire seventh year is the Shemitah year. However, for our purposes, one of the most important parts to understand is there an element of Shemitah in the agricultural side of the Shemitah year comes from this Pasuk. How do we understand Tishmitena Unitashta? What are these two verbs which the Torah says a person is required to do on the seventh year? So, there actually are certain Mepharshim. Both the Ibn Ezra as well as this forno, who seem to understand that Tishmetana is actually a reference to the cancellation of loans. In fact, according to them, seemingly the aspect of Shemitah release does not appear at all in the agricultural side of Shemitah. And according to them, as we said at the beginning of our shiurim, really the question is not, Ma'inin Shemitah Eitzel Sinai. why is the description of the mitzvah of Shemitah juxtaposed to Har Sinai in Parshat Bahar, but rather Ma'inin Shabbat Ha'aretz. Eitzel Harsina. Because Shemitah is not really Shemitah. 
Shemitah is the cancellation of loans at the end of the year, but it is not a description of what the mitzvah of the agricultural Shemitah is all about. So therefore, says Ibn Ezra, a man should not go and try to get from his friend the loans that he has lent him. The Sforno as well says, Tishmetena Shmitat Ksafim. Tishmetena refers just to Shmitat Ksafim. Based upon their understanding of Tishmetena, they explain Unetashto as an abandonment of one's field and that referring to Shmitat Karkot. Tishmetena, Shmitat Ksafim. Unetashta, Shmitat Karkot. Release the loans at the end of the year, and throughout the year, abandon your ownership of the produce in your field. However, the majority of Mepharshim did not understand this way. As the majority of Mepharshim understood that Tishmetena and Tashta are both referring in some way to the agricultural elements of Shmitat. The primary understanding which appears in the Rishonim is Tishmetena is a description of what you do to your land. Tishmetena, in some way, shape, or form, you release your ownership of your land. You do not work your land to the fullest. Unitashta is a description of the fruits. The produce, which normally grows from your fields, Unitashta, that you abandon. And you do not act as a normal owner over your produce. Rashi explains it in the terms, Tishmetena me'avoda, cease, release yourself from working your crops, unitashta me'achila, and abandon it from eating. Rashi specifically refers to eating after the Zman Habir, after the period of Bir, which is something that's beyond our purview at this moment. But we will get to, them in, get to it in later shiur. Similar idea appears in other Mepharshim. The Ibn Ezra explains that unitashta Leave your field as it is, as if it's not even yours. There is a clear element according to all the Mepharshim. No matter how they explain of a recognition, the seventh year is a year to remind us that that which we own is not fully ours. That there is a big owner above us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Himself, who presents limitations on our ownership in order to remind us who really provides? This idea appears in the Ramban. The Ramban takes issue with the specific understanding of both Rashi and the Ibn Ezra. And then he says as follows, This Pasuk is an extension of the previous Pasuk. The previous Pasuk said, for six years you plant, and you gather in your produce. And now the Pasuk provides two verbs, each one referring to another act in the previous pasuk. Vashvi, but in the seventh year, Tishmetena, Shalotizratartecha. Release your hold that you do not plant for this year. And Unitashta, Shalotasovtuata. You shall not gather in the produce. Aval Taazvena. You leave it. Vachlu Evyonea Mecha, the Chayosa Sadeh Priya Eitzutwara Kerem, Vechain Unitoshetashanashvi. Nitashta means you leave and abandon your produce of the seventh year. The seventh year essentially, says the Ramban, presents two limitations, both on the way in which you work your field, which are the set of laws of Shemitah that affect most, the farmer, the agriculturist, and the seventh year also provides for a system of laws that affect the individual who has a fruit tree. 
the individual has stuff growing in his tree, no longer are those fruits yours. But they belong to everyone. And not only you, but even your animals. This is one of the essential messages of the seventh year. The message of the seventh year, and what comes to light in all places, Parshat Mishpatim, which as we mentioned at the beginning, has a tremendous focus on the mitzvot ben al on the interpersonal obligations of a Jew, is realize that with all you have, and with your six years of planting, where it's a mitzvah to plant and a mitzvah to build up, and even as the Rashbam says, to recognize the fruit which grow are yours. You're not required just to give them away. You can sell them. And the seventh year, we realize the limitations of our ownership. On the seventh year, we realize that we set a year aside not to growing more, and not to providing more for ourselves, but rather to providing for others. To provide for the poor of our nation, and even for the animals of the field. It is here that the Torah provides a very social message within the mitzvah of Shemitah. The mitzvah of Shemitah is a recognition that our ownership is limited and we must provide from that which we have for others as well. One might even add that a description of the sixth year in the previous Pasuk is meant to realize that even the six years must be viewed on the backdrop of the seventh year. For six years you can plant as long as you have the recognition that the seventh year you stop. As long as you recognize that even your ownership during the six years has its limitations. As long as you recognize that your ownership is meant to be able to provide for the poor and to be able to provide for society, then you can plant for six years. Because that message together allows us to get to the seventh year, to the Shabbat Ha'aretz, where we recognize that we not only need physical rest, because that's primarily for animals, but we need spiritual rest. We have to recognize that our physical existence is supposed to be merged with our spiritual core. And we're supposed to recognize what we really stand for and what makes us special. We mentioned last week that Rav Mordechai Breuer, in his first section of the Pirkei Moadot, describing Shabbat, points out that at the end of creation of man, on the sixth day of creation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu describes, gives a bracha to man, and provides there two different descriptions, two different vayomers, two different sayings to man. One of them is a description of man as being the pinnacle of creation, as being the one who conquers, v'kivshua, man is above the animal world, he is given a special intellect and a special existence. But the second part is a description of man being amongst the animals. Man recognizing that he is a physical being. And man on that backdrop recognizing that just like other physical beings require food, so too he as well. It is here that this element of Shemitah directs itself to man where when all is said and done, and during the six years when he focuses on his ability to plant and his ability to cultivate, on the seventh year he recognizes that that which separates him and animals is only in degree. That he as well requires food. And he as well, just like the animals of the field, are provided their food from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They do not build stores. They do not build tremendous growing patterns in the field. They too are like man. Man's food is provided from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when man recognizes this during the seventh year, the entire six years are viewed on a different backdrop. 
It's that which we need in order to go into Shabbat Ha'aretz. In order to be able to truly experience the seventh year. Our first description of Shemitah and Parsha Mishpatim tells us that throughout your six years of planting and growing and cultivating and succeeding, you have to recognize that the culmination and the pinnacle is in the seventh year. In that seventh year you recognize that number one, you are like others, and when all is said and done, you provide, your food is provided for from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It is not your work that provides the food, because if it were, you would not be able to plant for six years, because the land would not be fertile enough for that growth. In order to be able to plant, you have to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one who provides. And therefore, rather than look at the poor of your nation who are eating your fruits, which you worked so hard on over the six years in order to plant, and in order to cultivate, recognize that those plants come to them the same way in which it comes to you. You might be working in the field, but all when all is said and done, it's the blessing of God which provides for you. That is lesson number one of the Shemitah year. And in the same way that you recognize yourself, like the animals of the field, receiving their produce from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, at the same time you also recognize that the limitations of your ownership are not meant to belittle you, but meant to recognize that your hold on the field is to be able to provide for others as well as for yourself. Recognize that we have an obligation to build up the land of Israel. Our land. But when all is said and done, if we just build up our land and simultaneously build up our egos, we have not succeeded in what the Torah wants for us. We have to recognize that the purpose is to be able to provide for a society. A society built upon mishpatim. Kol ha-Torah kula mishpat The importance of mishpat, the importance of weighed decisions, and the importance of creating a society based upon the goals of providing not only for the poor and the needy, but even for animal life, and creating a society of existence and a society of life. This is the first message of Parsha Mishpat. In next week's lesson, we'll complete our discussion of Shemitah's presenting Parshat Mishpatim and how it merges with the next Pasuk describing the mitzvah of Shabbat as Vina Feish Ben Amat Chavagir.